Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, put down. The kick is up. And the kick is good. So... The block punt turns into points, but not seven, only three. And I think if you're Nebraska, you probably take that. I mean, you give up that block and go back to Blaze Gunnerson running down the guy that had picked up the loose football and made the tackle the nine-yard line. Welcome back to Beer Reaction on 1620 The Zone on Big Red Wrap-Up on Tuesdays. We do top three plays, and I was kind of joking that that should be one of them. Block punt, but Blaze Gunnerson making that play because – both the announcer on TV and when you listen to the call from Greg Sharp, they both thought that guy was gone. They thought he was going to score. Blaze Gunnerson makes that play. It's a four-point difference, obviously. Matter of fact, when I was going through top plays from the game this morning when I was re- watching it, I put that at number three. <laughs> you know, after an interception or and a touchdown pass to Palmer, that was that big of a play. Because not only does it save you four points, the momentum – when you force somebody to kick a field goal in that situation, is huge as well for your defense, and it gives a little back to your offense as well. So that was a huge play there. Uh, good good pick right there, Chance. We didn't even talk about that, and you played it. Thank you very much. You're good work by you. I like it. Let's go back to the phones. 402-951-1620. That's where Jason is in Kansas City. Good morning, Jason. Hey, morning, Michael. How's it going, uh, man? Yeah, I think to your point, that was great having the, the game on Fridays. Because we were able to enjoy the uh, games yesterday. I actually went over to Lawrence yesterday. Nice. I was just window shopping. I still believe in Mickey, but I was just seeing what they got over there. But <laughs> makes me appreciate Nebraska football because that was a top 25 matchup. Yeah. And tickets were going for five and 10 bucks. I know. So I it, saw that. It's unbelievable. It's awful. <laughs> it's a different experience over there, to say the least. Pretty but campus, though. You got to admit, pretty campus. It is. It is. Yeah. Oh, it was a great setup. Great setup there for game day and that. So. Yeah. But, uh, uh, the other point, like, you know, just listen to your last segment. I mean, you talking about the offensive line. I mean, I, yeah, it's it's not the 80s and 90s work quality of line, but, man, listen to yeah, It almost sounds like we potentially could lose out now. I mean, yeah, we face maybe the weakest of the weakest, you know, in Indiana. But, yeah. then, you know, I'm like, dang, could, could we just lose out? But then you look at yesterday's games, like you said, I mean, K-State, 10 points in a victory. Yep. Nine points in a, in a loss for Iowa State. and. Uh, you know, Illinois, nine points in a win. Well, I mean, what kind of offensive lines do they got? I mean, I'm, I mean, yeah, we want we want to take care of ourselves, but it's like I I hope that we have a lot better shots than, you know, because like I said, just listen to you. I mean, I think we're going to lose this out, but <laughs> I don't know. It seems like the defense has really stepped up for Nebraska. Now, now we're we're in the mix, you know, so um, I, I think we're – we're at least going to have a, a puncher shot, you know, down the stretch. But you know, who, who knows? Wisconsin, they they may have found their coach now. I mean, they go blow out, you know, their team yesterday. I'm like, wow. So it's it, it's Big Ten football. Like I said, they beat each other up, and uh, we'll, we'll see. But I, I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that you know things are, are are looking better now that the defense has actually turned it around. But uh, I know the offensive line, they, they definitely have to improve. But it, yeah. it is amazing 
I mean, I know they're bad, but they, they did some protection to some extent because, or like I said, Casey's that good because he's able to get those passes off. I mean, yeah, he's under duress, but like I said, maybe he's just able to do so much with his own talent that he's able to make plays. You know? Yeah. But uh, I don't know. So, but no, that's my point. Hope, hopefully, uh, like I said, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll win next week at Purdue and uh, keep it keep it rolling. Yeah. Hey, Jason, we appreciate it. Well, you think about it, 36 dropbacks, 20 pressures. If you have a pressure rate that is over 50%, you are not an offensive line that is capable of blocking many defenses. There was, there's a couple stats that – so the catch rate for the wide receivers yesterday, you had 20 targets, 11 catches, 55%. You, you, you can't win that way. You, you can't win at a 55% catch rate on the outside. Now, tight end catch rate was much better, 7-9, right? Nine targets, seven catches, much better. But you can't win with a 55% catch rate with your wide receivers. You just can't. And then you can't win when you have over 50% pressure rate on your dropbacks. You just can't. Um, it, it's, it's, it's crazy to even think of the numbers. Now, this is, and this isn't something that's new. Remember that Adrian Martinez last year at one point during the season was the most pressured quarterback in the Big Ten, and I don't think in college well, but definitely in the Big Ten. He was the most pressured. And then two years ago, same thing, where he was one of the most pressured. And sometimes you thought, well, maybe that's him holding on to the ball. I don't even see that with Casey Thompson. I mean, him trying to get rid of the ball as quick as possible still is getting this kind of pressure rate. So, yes, Purdue played a game against Maryland yesterday that was good enough to win. Another team that gave it away was Maryland. I watched a ton of that game. Maryland had every opportunity to win that and kept committing penalties and kept struggling in the red zone and kept making mistakes, and that's why Purdue won that game. Hats off to Purdue. Great job getting the win. But, man, Maryland gave that game away. Um, It's going to be a good one next week. Uh, the battle for the West, Purdue, Nebraska, and West Lafayette at night. I can't wait for it. Let's go back to the phones where Jim is this morning. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Uh, fine, Michael. Uh, good morning. I called you last week, and I said, Scott, uh, a frost, frost biggest mistake was a, a total fail, failure to develop an offensive line. Yep. I'm just wondering, how fair is it to judge Mickey Joseph uh, on this season based upon the offensive line? that we have. I, I think it's, it's totally unfair, especially considering what he's done with the defense and he and Bill Bush. And by the way, I was down in the Fort Myers area a long time ago yeah. when you could pick up beachfront property for $5,000. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Times have certainly changed, man. Times have certainly changed. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Now, now it's going for $10 million. Oh my God. <laughs> <the same> land. <laughs> That's crazy. Thanks, Jim. All right, goodbye. All right, man. Uh, yeah, so there. Yes, if I was going to judge, if I was going to make a list of the biggest shortcomings of the Scott Frost tenure, um, I probably wouldn't start with offensive line. I probably would start with skill player recruitment and or development, because if you look at the recruiting, whether it be at the running back position or even the wide receiver position, so many misses. It's incredible how many guys they brought in here that just failed to even get snaps. They're still on the roster. There's still guys on the roster now that can't get snaps. They can't even get into the top seven or eight guys. Can't make travel rosters. That is a huge failure. You go back and you look at the running back recruiting and the guys that are still here from that, and you look at that and you say, oh, my God. Outside of Maurice Washington, I guess you throw Gabe Irvin in there. At one point, you could have said Ramir Johnson, but he's not playing either. So, I mean, outside of that, I'm talking about just high school recruiting – 
they've failed miserably either in the guys they brought in or development of those guys. It's just a, an incredible struggle. That's probably my number one thing. And then number two would certainly be offensive linemen, offensive line recruiting and or development. You can't necessarily say recruiting at times, and, and Mike Schaefer can answer this question coming up in the next segment, but if you look at some of the guys they brought in, they brought in guys who were wanted. They brought in guys who were four stars. They brought in guys who were considered to be prospects that would be able to play at the Big Ten level, but they either haven't developed or they were misevaluated. One of those two has to be the case. And so certainly in the end, I think we'll look back and say, if it's not wide receiver, running back, recruiting, development, it's offensive line. And then the third part would just simply be being able to win a game like what happened on Friday night, being able to win close games. If there's one failure of the Scott Frost era is losing that many games like that, one-score games, doesn't mean you're really good or the other team is, is not as good. It means that you have something I mean, intrinsically wrong with your system or your program. That is the only way to define that. Because you can go in and get into everything you want to get into. You can get in any metrics you want. You can say they struggled on, you know, stuff rate in terms of running the ball on when you had, you know, second or third and less than three, right? You could talk about that. Or you could talk about penalties in the fourth quarter. Or you can talk about turnovers. You can throw all that out of the window. In the end, it's about how your program is built in terms of winning those games. The teams that win those games. Hell, Iowa over the years, right? Just all those wins where the game was decided by fewer than six points. It's incredible the number they, the run they went on. The, Wisconsin had a run like that too. Games decided by under seven points. Incredible. Part of the way they build their system. Um, we saw Kansas State over the years under Bill Snyder winning those close games because they didn't turn the ball over, because they didn't um, make turnover, because they didn't have penalties, because they didn't make mistakes in special teams. And that's why they won those close games. All of those things add up to your problem is it's your program. It's the way you built it. It's the way you run it. It's the way you practice during the week and all that stuff. So that would probably be the third thing I would point to if you're talking about failures under Scott Frost four-plus years here at Nebraska. But he's gone now, and they're stuck with this offensive line. And, and I understand that the caller said, is it, is it unfair to judge Mickey when he has to deal with this offensive line? And, and it's a good question, but you got to take them as they lay. And that's what he's got. You know, this is the quarterback he has. This is the offensive line he has. This is the defense he has. He can make all the changes he wants. The personnel's not going to change. And you know what? Don't feel like I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be Purdue by six and a half or something. The line will come out this afternoon or if it hasn't sometime this morning um, from Circa. Don't look at that and think to yourself, okay, that's a pretty big line. It probably should be a little bit more based off of just the metrics of the way Nebraska's played and the way Purdue has played. It probably should be more. When they've had O'Connell in at quarterback and you look at Nebraska overall and you compare them when they're at their best, their healthiest, Purdue's played better. They put up better numbers. They're at home, night game, all those reasons. It probably should be a bigger number than it's going to come out in. But I still think Nebraska has a shot with the defense being more rested, which is one of the keys. Now here's the concerning part. Will Quentin Newsom still be out? Will Luke Reimer be out? You saw him go out in the second quarter with whatever that was. It was on a Wildcat play. He ran to the sideline. He kind of went down like he grabbed his hip or his leg or something. I couldn't tell what it was. Um, but, you know, that happened. So will they be short two of their best defenders? I don't know. But they need them. They'll need everybody on board to be able to stop that offense at Purdue. Jeff Brom does know how to call plays. He definitely does. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll chat with Mike Schaefer from 24-7 Sports. 
When we come back here on Severe Reaction on 1620 The Zone. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 